Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is PlushCare. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. And welcome to White Wine Question Time, the podcast that brings together well-known friends to answer three thought-provoking questions over three glasses of wine. And we're in Brighton this week with not one, but two fierce friends, both of whom go by the name of Julie. This is going to be confusing. So Julie number one is one of my nearest and dearest, and she's making a return to the White Wine Question Time Club. This Julie is an acclaimed actress who you'll know from William and Mary, Benidorm, Shetland, The Bletchley Circle, One of Us, and many, many more. Julie Graham, thank you for having us in your beautiful home today. Oh, it's so lovely to be here. <laughs> in my own home. In your own home. <laughs> I always say to my daughters, the only thing that matters in life is to be financially independent. It's to never, ever have to rely on somebody else. Because if you need to get out, that's your way out, you know? And um, and so we were lucky, but a lot of women are, they're stuck. Now, Julie Graham has nominated the next Julie as a guest. That I, I'm so excited about featuring you. This is a woman I grew up reading. She is a prolific columnist, journalist, feminist, a quarter of controversy, who currently writes for The Telegraph and was described by Spike magazine as the greatest shit-stirring iconic <gasps> hack of our times. Oh, <laughs> oh that's so unladylike. Julie Birchall. Thank you so much for uh, coming in and, and joining us. It's a pleasure. I think I think what people can mistake for shyness is that this sounds awful. Because um, I got married very young, I always had people. I didn't stop a taxi for myself till I was thirty-five. What? <laughs> So in Brighton, because this is where you both call home. 
and um, and it's also where you met. But actually, you met in the most modern of ways online. Is that right? Yeah, I um, I sent Julie a Facebook uh, friend request, and she immediately um, said yes, which was fabulous. And so then we we were we we've kind of exchanged views, and then. And weirdly, all the years that I lived in Brighton, we'd never run into each other, which is extraordinary. But Julie had put on Facebook, if anyone's going to the Suzanne Moore um, show at the at the um, Dome, if um, any of my Facebook friends are there and they come up and say, buy me a large one, bitch, <gasps> then um, I'll buy you a large one. Is that what you'd put? Buy me a large it one, bitch? It sounds just like me. It yeah. does. So, I w- of course, I saw her at the bar. So I went straight over and said, buy me a large one, bitch. And that's how we sort of got to know each other. And it's been nothing but large ones ever since. And was that it? Was it kind of an instant um, friendship? Yeah. Yeah, yeah definitely. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, so how did the friendship evolve from there? Very quickly, it grew the best way a friendship can, which is that it wasn't just about having fun. But we realised that, not to put a damper on things, we felt very strongly about the same things. Mm. And almost uh, next year, it became um, our first fundraiser. Yeah, because we'd there'd been lots of things shared on, on Facebook around that time about domestic violence and violence against women. And it was all that kind of that was coming out of the woodwork at the time. And, and we all realised quite quickly that about four or five of us that were talking online had all experienced domestic violence at some point in our lives so it was it was Jules actually she just said I'm fed up with this and um let's do something about it you know let's not only kind of raise some money for for a charity Rise in Brighton which we, which is the money we we raised for them but but just to be vocal about it female friendship is indubitably a great thing but I think one of the downsides of it is if women have problems they get around and they vent and that, in a way, makes them stronger to go out and have the same problems all over again. Uh, and I, I was determined that we wouldn't just just say, wasn't it terrible what happened to us, and mm. then go on a merry way. But that if something awful happens in your life, it should count for something. Um, it should have some relevance and change something. Otherwise, what was all that sorrow and bother for? So End Of was... was uh the product of four or five women who had been through similar experiences and wanted to to vocalise them. So you really put your head above the parapet with that. And I think there was was a lot of people that must have thought, wow, it's a horrible, horrible uh, supposition that domestic violence can't happen to women who are seemingly strong, fiercely independent, and you are both all of those things, and yet you had both being victims of domestic violence. I think violence. people like us can be sometimes the, the best candidates for it because you're so tough and you're so strong and you can really put up with a lot. Mm. You, won't go, you won't go running off at the first thing. You think, I can tough this out. And before you look around, you've been in it for five years. It very, it very often happens incrementally as well. I mean, mm. that's the thing about domestic violence. I think violence, it always it? happens incrementally, yeah. doesn't it? Well, not, not yeah, off, exactly. always, but more often than not. You're not going to meet someone and then day two they're going to be bashing you about. I mean, that's not really how it works. And I think that's the kind of, that's, you know, that's a kind of great misconception about, you know, and, and how and who it can happen to. And it can happen to anyone. I think the things that, I think the, the, the thing that we had in common, I mean, is, you know, is that, you know, we were lucky in a way because we were we were in a position to get out because we were financially independent. I always say to my daughters, the only thing that matters in life is to be financially independent, is to never, ever have to rely on somebody else. Because if you need to get out, that's your way out, you know. And um, and so we were lucky, but a lot of women are, they're stuck 
because you know they can't get out and there's no help and you know and all the, the these horrible Tories like slashing all the kind of budgets for domestic violence when it's it, on the increase it just makes me so fucking angry well two women a week are murdered in the UK by partners or ex-partners yeah that's a horrible statistic I know and if it was happening to men they would do something about it do you think there would yeah. be a huge inquiry about it I mean, uh, Julie Birchall, I have to use her surname because there's two Julies. Um, <laughs> we were... also call each other Linda, but that's just as confusing. <laughs> that's as just as confusing. Um, you wrote about this and you said, in every country in the world, violence against women is so consistent and epic that it might well be called the longest terrorist campaign in history. Wow. Boy, I'm good. Yeah, yeah, did I say that? You did? Yeah, I definitely mean it. Yeah, and I think there are a lot yeah, of women that true. will be listening to this now nodding and if it doesn't pertain to them it will relate to somebody they know because I don't know anybody that doesn't know if they haven't experienced it themselves someone that has with domestic violence with and it doesn't necessarily have to be people raising their fist to you it can be mentally abusing somebody in a well it's now coercion is actually a, a criminal offense which it should have been years ago obviously but I think what the, the great thing about end of was the fact that it just brought loads of people out of the woodwork and I think a lot of people felt very supported and, you know, if you share your story, there's, there's strength in that, there's, there you know, there, and there's power in it as well. But it's difficult, right? Because if you're sharing your story, then people try to drill into the detail of it. You, Jules, have two brilliant young girls who you have to be mindful and protective of. Yeah. So it becomes difficult to share everybody, every detail of your story. And I'm really mindful of not in, interrogating either of you on that front. What would you say, based on your own experiences, to somebody listening who is stuck where you were. Tell somebody. I mean, that's that's the main thing you've got to do is tell somebody. And, and you know, it, it, it can be a very isolating experience because I think if you are a strong person or a strong woman or you come across as that to the outside world, it's difficult because friends will not, recognize that mm. sometimes and, and you isolate yourself because you're ashamed of telling people because you're, you're ashamed of what they might think about you and it's nothing there's nothing and shameful. about that person that's doing this because you still love that person right there's yeah part I mean it's, that is, yeah it's a very com it's a, yeah. it's a very very complicated um it's a it's a it's a complicated issue and I think that you know if you can just share it even with one person then it can start a whole ball rolling you know of um of finding a way out of it and finding a way because you know that the the thing that they say and this is true and I've looked up the statistics of it is that the minute a woman or a man decides to leave an abusive relationship that's the most dangerous time that's the time where people will be killed that's the time where it will escalate because that person is not in control of you anymore. So it's a very, very, very tricky thing to advise people. Just leave. You have to, I think, to some extent, become a really good liar. And not in the usual way, as in saying, oh, I walked into a window. But you, when you're planning your way to get out, you have to become almost like a spy. Um, and you're undercover, like it's espionage or something. I think one important thing is... Don't ever sell yourself the narrative that this is happening because you're in a passionate, tempestuous thing. Yes. Lots of women think, oh, it's like Taylor and Burton. You're not married <laughs> to Richard Burton. You're married to a coward who hits women. It's not Richard Burton. <laughs> and I think, I think I... I, had, yeah. I went down that route. Did you romanticise oh, it? Oh, I did as well. We row yeah. hard, we love hard. Yeah. Oh, bollocks. I know, it and is And it's bollocks. not, it's just a sorted little man who hits women. Yeah. Um, 
I thank you for talking about that because I think there there are a lot of women that I mean you're right it's unspoken and I think the moment you articulate to one person yeah. that this is the situation it's incredibly isolating and lonely yeah you take the lid off of it don't you yeah and then I think once you say it it becomes real yeah good on you <laughs> okay first question are you ready yes what incredibly strong opinion or belief do you have that is in reality completely unimportant in the grand scheme of life one that you oh, just can't let go of. Punctuation. Punctuation. punctuation I think that's important. <laughs> I know it's not important. It is important though because it changes the context. Yeah, but my best friend spells avocado advocato. And I still love her, so I know it's not but important. That's, that's bad we spelling. Been that's friends not for bad years. punctuation. She can't punctuate neither. I don't like people who spell turmeric, turmeric. <laughs> I don't like people who say uh, basil for basil. <laughs> or, or tuna, or when they're English. Tuna. Or in, in Cecil, tuna. Tuna. Cecil for Cecil. Aluminum. <laughs> Aluminum. And that's my that's thing that I know doesn't really matter. It, What's yours? Yeah, go on, Jules. Everything matters to me. I get so... <laughs> but I love that about you. Oh, you have fire gosh. in your heart. That your heart is like an aga, it's always on. <laughs> what did Eamon and... Holmes call you? A tiny Sophia Loren. <laughs> did he? <laughs> oh oh my god! No, I, I think it was sick. no. It was, I think it was Nigella Lawson. With a bit of Sophia Loren. Oh, yes. Anyway, I'll forgive you, Eamon. <laughs> Love you a little bit. Um, I, think, I think he meant well with that, you know. Oh, he said. Yeah, I know. No, he did. He's lovely. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, what really isn't that important, but you just can't let go of, you know, like a like a dog with a bit between its teeth. Brexit. <laughs> <laughs> she mentioned the B we word. We can't mention the B word. No, she's already told I me. I thought you were going to say Brexit. She said, do not talk to Birchall about Brexit. It will go on for hours. She, I, I, call her a, I call her a Brexity bitch. Yeah. She calls me a, rotten, a, a Remain remaining rotter. <laughs> but we still love each other. But each to your... I mean, it's great that you can have such juxtaposed opinions about something that is really very yeah, important I mean, this, and still be made. Why would you fall out about that? something so ridiculous? <gasps> It is ridiculous. It's the 21st century. <laughs> See? Yes. Yeah, no, that was, that was um, we've done it now. We just had to get it out of the way. Because I've got teenagers, I get, I know it doesn't matter, but I hate wet towels on the floor. <gasps> there, there you've got something. I'm with you. I know, Kate, because you're, I know how anal you are yeah, about t- cleaning. Yeah. But what, what happens to a wet towel on the floor? Let's think about it this. Gets, Let's put our science hats on. It smells. It smells. Right. You can slip on it yeah. if you've got wooden floors. Yeah, it gets in the way. It's unsightly. It's there is no positive. bacterium. Exactly. exactly. <laughs> I never thought about it before. I don't mind it. I wouldn't say I feel passionate about it, but I just get so pissed off about it. Oh, yeah. I'm with you on that. Yeah. Well, I think we got all wet towels and punctuation. And, br- and a bit of Brexit. And a little so bit. Of where Brexit. that came from? <laughs> a little bit of Brexit. <laughs> Never did anybody any harm. Okay, question number two. Which living person do you most admire and why? Ooh. I mean, I like Kim Wilde, but I'm not sure. <laughs> I did not see that coming. <laughs> because I know there's so many more important, but I can't think of them. Really I, I love the great thinker, Claire Fox. Who'll be standing as the Brexit candidate at the European <laughs> elections? <laughs> I told you, you not Claire to Fox mention now. Brexit. I do adore Claire Fox as a great thinker, but I think on balance, probably Kim Wilde. Kim Wilde, why, Julie? Why? Everything about her is wonderful. Like what? 
The way she's grown old is perfect. She was perfect when she was young. She was a great pop star. She was never troubled or moaned. She was never tormented. <laughs> she was quite open about not writing her own songs. And when her songs got rubbish, she would just do covers of Supreme songs. <laughs> and then when she got old and menopausal, she became a gardener. Now she's advertising chocolate on the telly. It's been a perfect career arc. <laughs> <laughs> and no one, all my friends in the music business, no one who's met her has a bad thing to say about her. That's true, you know. And she smiled at me once in the changing room. Did she? Yes. It's very beautiful. I would say right that. now... I want to give a big shout out to Jess Phillips. Oh, I like her too. We love Jess Phillips and all the shit she's, she's going through right now. And she's a prize. She's a prize in our auction. Yes, she's she a is. prize. Yeah. <laughs> she will take two people to tea at the House of Commons Terrace. Yeah. Okay. For, for new so this is thing. for an event that you guys are doing on the 5th of July in Brighton. Uh, it's called disco. Safe As. It's called Safe As and it's to help uh, the homeless community here in Brighton. Yes. In Sussex. In Sussex. In Sussex, yeah. Yes. Um, and, and Jess is one of your prizes. She is, Tea yeah. at the House of Commons. Tea at the House of Commons. You've been um, quite uh, vocal about your support for Jess on Twitter. Yeah, um, I just can't stand the misogyny that's going on. Would well, you want to explain for people listening that maybe aren't aware of her, her situation? Well, um, so a man, and I'm not going to say his name because I don't want to give him any more publicity than he, because he doesn't deserve any, but a man who was a, a UKIP supporter... Who is now standing as a as a he's actually standing for for to be voted to, into parliament? He made a joke a few years ago about her um, that she was so awful he wouldn't even rape her. So she was just expected to take that. She took it to the police. The police didn't do anything. They, they, there was just no reaction. It was pathetic. You know he's he he wants to represent people in this country, and now he's come out and said, well he actually he would rape her. Can we say so, his name? I don't want to say his okay. name. I mean, you can say his name if you want. But, I mean, I just don't want to give him any more publicity because he's an absolute arse. And if you, all you need to do is Google Which it. Which party is he running for? UKIP. UKIP. Anyway, but on to... So she's, UKIP. Yeah, so she's decided to take a stance, obviously. And, and, and But not only is she taking a stance, but she's been brave enough to come out and say how much has upset her, you know? Yeah, and quite right. Well, I know, but the thing is, you know, that's... I don't understand why female politicians are meant to sort of put up with this crap, you know. So anyway, I, I, I just, at the moment, I've just got so much admiration for her. Not only is she a brilliant woman and she's a brilliant politician and she's, I, I just have huge admiration for her. Yeah, because people have been ignored and it's the only voice that they have. And now look at the mess we're in. I don't yeah. see it as a mess. I see it as an extension of democracy as for the first time in ages that people have actually, people's vote counts for something. But we shouldn't talk about Brexit. <laughs> <laughs> My leg is swinging. And that's yeah, she's getting itchy. She's getting itchy. Don't kick me. <laughs> should we move to a next? Uh, uh, should, should we move to another question? Yeah. Should okay. We yeah. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. 
Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is PlushCare. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. But yeah, I mean, you you love a little bit of like. Well, what I love about you, Jules, is that you. Gwen. Um... <laughs> <laughs> what I love about you is um, there's no shock value whatsoever. There's no such thing as a bad idea. It's just a, that's that's an interesting idea. Let's do it. Um, yeah, you and you are non-conformist. But then Judy Birch, you are also incredibly non-conformist. Do you think that there's that that's one of your kind of you know common grounds that you're both you both really really buck against rules and regulations? I think we're quite alike, and sometimes yeah. there's an old saying: "Don't put two divas at one table." <laughs> and it has to be you have to have a real good friendship to have two divas at one table. <laughs> Um, I think when I met her, I'm a person who's going through life showing off and expecting people to be an audience for me. And perhaps you have in some way yes. the same. For sure. And it's lovely it's to meet somebody sure. who you're on exactly the same level with as a professional show off. <laughs> and neither of you is ever trying to wrest power from the other because you're perfectly, it's the completion of what you wanted to meet someone on the same level as you in terms of showing off. Yeah, ironically, we're well balanced. <laughs> in a very, <laughs> very unbalanced In a very way. extreme way. We're really we're both, balanced. Yeah, we're both quite rebellious so we say what we you know want. I remember when you said to me that you'd become friends with Julie Birch I was like oh my god she's like, <laughs> fabulous she is outrageous in real life as she is on the page and you're like even the, more so I've become the tame one I think she's much well was much wilder than me in the but, but you must be aware of people's kind of um ideas about you preconceptions uh the thing that shocked me about meeting or meeting and getting to know Julie was how Actually, how shy she is. Yeah. You're actually really shy. I used to be, but I don't think I am now. No, but you but you can be in certain situations. So you're not this kind of like, you know, kind of, I don't know. I, I, you're, you're a very paradoxical person, but she's yeah. got the biggest heart. She's the kindest, one of the kindest people I've ever met. And that's why I love her. She's so generous don't. and kind. No, it's true. And it's not said enough about you. I and I think... It. Well, I'm saying it. What you, what you mistake for kindness, she means when I'm drunk, I give loads of money away to homeless people. <laughs> and people mistake that for kindness. It's not. It's Since I stopped taking cocaine, when you give money away, it makes the same area of your brain light up. Does and it? I'm just get, doing it for a cheap thrill. And people are kind enough to mistake it for kindness, but it's not. She's, See, look, you're, you're, you are masking your genuinely authentic I'm very generous, kindness. I'm generous, but I'm not kind. So there's a difference. No, you, you can be very, you know, it can be very 
um, cutting in, in print. You, you don't mind calling a spade a spade or having massive opinions about things. And then even like three or four weeks later going, oh, I didn't mean that. I don't think I've ever said I didn't mean it. <laughs> Life's too short. You get so much grief for things that you mean. I don't think I've ever taken a position because, you know, life's too short to pretend stuff that you don't but do you, feel. Because if you're shy, uh, yeah, you don't... I'm you, not shy. I'm just not, I was like, Rose, she thinks everyone's shy. She can, she we can be... Because on tables. She can be really shy. But that's a really interesting juxtaposition I've because you're somebody that's, you. that's, that's, that's got huge that. opinions and you don't mind if people don't agree with your opinions. So that would kind of suggest that, you know, a, a don't give a shit attitude. And yet a shy person, you wouldn't attribute that, that to. I, yeah. think, I think what people can mistake for shyness is that, this sounds awful, because um, I got married very young. I always had people, I didn't stop a taxi for myself till I was 35. What? <laughs> I got married when I was a teenager, went straight to another marriage. Hang on a minute, you can't describe yourself as a militant feminist and then tell me you waited until 35 to flag your own bloody taxi. Uh, I, I, you know, I told there you. you go. I would see it as why, why keep a dog and bark yourself. I mean, I don't see what's so great about having to stop your own taxis, get some stupid man to do it for you. Um, but because I didn't really leave my, when I left my second marriage, I was 30. Started to grow up a bit then, but if I do look shy sometimes, it's because I'm thinking, why doesn't somebody else do this for me? So I tend to hang back. So you're a diva. It's a, it's a slight diva thing. Yeah. But I'm not kind. I'm generous. I love. I, I I celebrate our diva 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 ness diva -ness. tendencies. Oh yeah. Yeah. We're very yeah. socialistic divas in that we would yeah. be high-handed with people we thought were putting themselves up. But the, we do share a similar attitude that if you, if somebody is impolite to somebody who is serving them, that for me is the absolute, nothing would come above that, the absolute yeah. decider whether someone is good or a bad person. Absolutely. Julie's so the a biggest diva, tipper you think, as well. You think of a diva being high-handed with everybody, don't you? Yes, you do. Yeah, that's but, true. Yeah, I mean, yeah. the word diva is massively banded around, we and diva, I don't think anybody we, truly knows what it really means. We diva up. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, we, it's, we, all the nice connotations of divas, that's what we are. Yeah. Well, yeah, it's like the word ambition. That's that's often wrapped in negatives, and I think it's a brilliant. Well, positive. especially if it's if it's if it's uh, attached to a woman. Oh. Being ambitious as a woman is just like your novel ambition. Just get a plug in there. <laughs> yes, your novel ambition. Have you read it? No, I haven't read your ambition <gasps> novel. It was number one so, bestseller when I was twenty-eight. It's so rude. I will write so that I down. You, I, I oh, hadn't I hadn't read so. it. So um, she gave the, 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 the no the first time I read semi-pornographic. That's what I'm saying. So the first time I went to her flat, She'll she gave that. she gave me a copy of it, and so I started reading it on the train. But it made me really horny. <laughs> <laughs> Just like, I to hear. Okay, I can't read this on the train. <laughs> Inappropriate. I have to read it in bed at night. <laughs> <laughs> but it's really, really good. And it should be turned into a TV series. I can't believe it hasn't. Somebody bought the option and then they said, when you cut all the sex out, it was like 10 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> but it's a brilliant... It's a, it's, it is a brilliant um, kind of look at how you know, how un unacceptable it was in those days to be ambitious as a woman. And that was in the 1980s. And have, yeah, and to have a sex life and to be, you know, and to be sexual and to enjoy your sexuality and be very open about it. I and mean, for that to be okay. Last question, ladies. Ready? Yes. Okay. If you could go back and edit your life, what chapters would you either take out or rewrite? I don't think I should have got married so young. I think it's probably a really it stupid is, It is really young yeah. to get married. Not, I, mean, I spent my life wanting to get away from 
having a conventional life and then and you get married when you're a teenager yeah why did you do that was it were you just kind of carried away he just kept on and on and on (laughs) and i i I thought the only way way i could get rid of him was to marry (laughs) that that does not make any kind of sense julie i wanted to get rid of him so i married him and binded myself to him until death do us part sometimes (laughs) it's the only way you can put people off you I mean, there is another alternative. You could have just said, you know what, this isn't working for me, Tony. I'm out. love you back. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. I was very shy. (laughs) (laughs) The thing is, I don't really regret, and regret is, I think, a form of vanity. It implies that, you know, A, it's impractical because we don't have a time travel machine, and B, anything, you can get over everything in the end, Um, so nothing's worth regretting, I personally believe. Yeah, I agree. Unless it's a criminal offence. But But what about rewriting chapters, tweaking them, changing some of the decisions that you made? If you're a writer, you can tweak anything. You can always make up a new story. So I don't really see the point in doing it practically. Writers are liars, so I could lie about anything. So I don't really have to look at anything I did straight in the face. Well, that was a bit profound. Mm. (laughs) It was. (laughs) Or just you choose not to? No, I can look at everything I did. I'm quite fearless in... I've got a fearless assessment of myself, and that's why it's so hard to have a go at me. So, so no regrets? No, I've got something missing. I find it hard to feel... Stopped. I think it's healthy. I mean, I don't, I don't believe in regretting it. I mean, there's so many things that I think that I would change, but then I think... It made me the person who I am. Made me the person I am. Is so. there not? Is there not some parts of your life though that you think, if only that bit hadn't been there, it would have the outcome would have been. I better, would have been. Stronger. I would have been kinder to my mum when she was dying of cancer. I was really unkind to her. Were but you? I was eighteen. I no seventeen. I was really unkind because, you know, I was really angry at her for, you know, being ill. It's like Just, mothers I'm are not meant so to. I'm so surprised to hear you say Everyone's that. Everyone's a cow to their mum, though. Yeah, but mother, mothers I are not I'm... meant to get ill, are they? So, you know, no, they're, they're meant fear, to... Right? Yeah, That's, so, and she so would have known was, that. So I was really pissed off with her. So I would... And I was, a you know, I was a little shit when I was a teenager. But we're all like that when we're teenagers. Yeah. So it's not so really worth... I guess I would have gone... I, I'd, I'd rewrite a little bit and I'd go back and, and be a little bit kinder. But she knew that I loved her and that's oh, fine. Oh, God, yeah. The thing... So that's that's the that's the kind of emotional thing. But the thing that I really regret, and I don't, I'm, I'm with you. I don't have many regrets. The thing that I regret most in my life, in my career, is not working with Derek Jarman when he offered me a job. Why? Because he was the most amazing filmmaker. I mean, he was just an auteur. He was out there. He was incredible. He was like a re- you know, like a rebel soul, amazing. Everything person. that would really flick all your and, switches. Yeah, and I gate crashed an audition. Me and my mate Angela, we gate crashed the audition for Edward the Second, and the casting director. We we were sort of bold enough to do it. So the casting director said, "Yeah, come in." And we went in, and we were like, "We love you, Derek," and blah blah. He was like. I'm going to, I've got no parts for you in this film. I'm, I'm going to invent some roles called the wild girls. Just come in like, and hang around the set naked and be fabulous. And naked? We like, Why yeah. did you have to be naked? Yeah. Well, because everybody was naked in it. I mean, oh, right, all okay. the boys and the girls. And we were like, yes, yes, yes. And I had a new agent and she said, are you joking? <laughs> You're going to take your bra off for Derek Jarman? No. If you want any kind of career, you shouldn't do that. And I listened to her. 
Oh. And I didn't work with Derek Jarman, and I regret that. If I could go back and edit that and rewrite that bit, I would definitely go back and work with one of the greatest filmmakers that ever lived. Well, that's that's a sensible regret. Yeah. A creative regret. Yeah. If you had to... Let me try a different tech with you then, because, Julie, I know that you have got many a story that will work with this. If you had to make a kind of comedy showreel, like a sizzle <laughs> of your life... Give me just a rundown of a couple of your most exceptional, ridiculous, and comedic moments. Ooh. <laughs> when I was going through my very extreme cocaine decades. Decades. Um, decades. 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 There were two of them. Then there were three. 30 years of cocaine. Addiction. Yeah, and I, gave, and I gave it up overnight, literally. I think it's a lie that people can get addicted to things. It's rubbish. Do you? Do you think that's controversial? I literally gave it up overnight. What, you just woke up and thought, I'm done with this? I've had enough of it. And the only you way never touched it again? Tried to, but it didn't agree with me. What do you mean? It made me sick. So, yeah, then I knew it was it was over for us. Um, so, 30 years of what, what, daily use? Oh, oh, my gosh. Like brushing your teeth three times a day, minimum, for 30 years, and then I just gave it up, and that was that. So a functioning cocaine addict. Jeez, I'll say. Those were my best years. I wrote 20 books. No wonder. <laughs> I was making more money than Mrs. Thatcher. Yeah, it really worked for me. <laughs> so then one day I thought I'd had enough. So anyway... Why, why did you think you'd had enough? What got bored. About? I was bored with the person I was on it. And that's what it took for me. I always say, if you try to give up drugs, it never works. And you become like real self. Always moaning on about drugs and thinking about them. The only way to do it is to let drugs give up on you. And then you become a bored person with them. But during my, the worst thing I did professionally, it was a slow week and there weren't many stories about it, so I thought, I know what I'll do. I'll write my column about political scandals through the ages. I thought, I'll start with the perfume affair. <laughs> I'll start with the perfume affair, go on from there. And then I got up to the end and I thought, hmm, what's the most recent thing? Then I, I suddenly thought, oh, Josh Galloway stole a pair of knickers from his ex-girlfriend's washing line. And I wrote this down. Well, I don't know why the sub wasn't doing their job, because they're paid to be the grown-up, not me. <laughs> and, um... Buck being passed. It wasn't. It wasn't George Galloway. Anyway, it being George Galloway... Sued you. Yeah, but she had an excuse. She was on cocaine. I don't see why I should be blamed for everything I do. <laughs> so that's the worst thing, yeah. <laughs> that would go on your comedy showreel? For sure. Yeah. Why not? I love the way that you resigned from The Guardian because they refused you a pay rise but offered you a sofa. <gasps> I know, one other working what class... What is that? Because, because they, they don't know how to deal with working class people. I knew one other working class writer there and they offered her a kitchen. But since when has The Guardian done pay rises in sort of like... They've got some sort of deal with home base or something. I don't know, but everybody else got offered a rise and me and the other girl had gone to comprehensive. We got offered soft furnishings. It was ridiculous. Oh, sexist. Sofas. Hashtag. Time's up. Yeah. <laughs> Jules, what would go on your comedy oh, showreel? My whole life. <laughs> yeah, so when we were doing the charity event, we were invited to this very gorgeous kind of like posh place in Portugal by by this woman who was supporting us, Sarah. And um, a wealthy woman, by the sounds. Wealthy woman, and she. We, we all went out there, and and apparently everybody had said, and we didn't know this. It was like make sure the two Julies don't end up in the same villa together, whatever happens. And, and why do you think they separate? thought that, Julie? I don't Got know. No idea. 
So they separate us on the plane. They separate us. We, they even separate us on the plane. We have to take different flights. <laughs> like the royals can't fly together. But, you know, yeah, you can't keep gems apart. So, so we ended up <laughs> having a, a bit of a night and then... The separate night, villas, separate flights. Separate, separate flights. And then we were in the compound and all I remember is drinking. And then the next thing I remember is waking up on a sofa, fully clothed, opening my eyes. And Julie was on the opposite sofa, fully clothed. Each of us clutching. Clutching a, a litre bottle of vodka. Empty. Empty litre bottle. bottle of vodka. You've done a bottle of vodka each. What, that you'd got on duty free? Yeah. Well, I think that was not all we drank. But anyway, so we woke up and we looked at each other and thought, oh, they've put us in the same, how we've managed to get in the same villa. <gasps> felt very and clever. And then um, we realised the vodka was empty and, and I remember sitting up and I remember going, it's okay, I have another one in my suitcase. <laughs> and then we started drinking and that was, um, yeah. They gave up after that, didn't they? So, yeah, and for, for somebody, they called us the two Lindas. We Why were Linda. Lindas? I don't know, they were just, I, th- I, I don't know. But we're now the two Lindas and that would be definitely on my comedy show reel, definitely, definitely. <laughs> yeah. It's good to find new friends, no matter what age you are in life, yeah. especially people you connect with. And you two have such different views on so many things, but you have... Only Brexit. <laughs> only Brexit. <laughs> really, only Brexit? Oh, yeah, totally. I think we agree on everything apart from that. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, but... but when you, you say know. Brexit, what you really mean is politics. In, in no. Because no. No? we're both socialists, and we just yeah. see socialism in a different way when it comes to Brexit. But you can talk about it in an intelligent, informed way without falling no. out. Just vulgar abuse. That's why we still <laughs> either complete silence and ignorance or vulgar abuse. So that's where we go for the silent treatment. And we never avoid it. You know, we're both up for it. Um, if we could spool forward ten years from now, where do you see your friendship, and how will you be passing your your hours together as mates? Well, we'll both be living in the fabulous European Union. We'll be living on an isolated, outward-looking island, joining hands with all the world beyond little Europe. <laughs> Yeah, that. that we'll be that. fine, that. <laughs> and we'll be drunk, and we'll be drunk. Yeah, definitely, always drunk. God, thank you both so much. It's um, oh, Jules, I always love seeing you and Julie Birchall. It's been my absolute pleasure to meet you and spend time with you, and um, and and meet you away from the page because I've spent God thirty years reading you. Yeah, really nice. Thank you so much, ladies. Thank um, you. If you'd like to get in touch with us, please do. We'd love hearing from you. Our email address is whitewinequestiontime at yahoo.com. You can find us on Twitter at whitewineqt or you can follow me on Instagram. I'm the Kate Thornton. Don't forget, these girls are staging an event 5th of July here in Brighton. Uh, details are available from which site is it, Jules? Um, Eventbrite. Eventbrite. Yeah. yeah. Uh, White Wine Question Time is produced by me, Kate Thornton, along with Yahoo's Caitlin Mercer. Big and up, up, Caitlin. Big up, Caitlin. <laughs> and an even bigger big up uh, to the marvellous Andy Bell, who does the music yes. for the show. He has new material out now with Ride. Check it out. It's marvellous. As always, do as we do and try to drink responsibly. <laughs> we'll see you next week. Did you drink just kiss Drink responsibly. A ring? Well, yeah, drink responsibly. <laughs> Don't laugh at that, Judy Graham. <laughs> Thank you. 
Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan, crusted chicken, or garlic, butter, shrimp, scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com.